You are listening to the Horse Radio Network, part of the Equine Network family. This is episode 108 of Retired Racehorse Radio on the Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network, brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company. Retired Racehorse Radio is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. Brought to you in cooperation with the Retired Racehorse Project and New Vocations Racehorse Adoption Program. We chat with professional horse trainer Jenna Antonucci about her success as the first woman to train a Triple Crown race winner and her experience working in the racing industry. We catch up with the Making the Makeover series writers, Melissa Meinchen and Julia Heisu. Winnie Morganina joins us from New Vocations to give us a training tip and introduce our adoptable horse of the week. Stay tuned. And they're off on Retired Racehorse Radio, the podcast that is your guide to the adoption, care, and training of the retired racehorse. This is Joy Orr in Detroit, Michigan. And this is Kristen Kovach-Bentley in Jamestown, New York, and you're listening to Retired Racehorse Radio. Kristen, it's July. It's like the best time of year for horse people and the worst time because it's hot and the flies are out, but it's like so much sunshine, like... We can actually ride in the early morning to late at night and you're not chasing the sun. It's been great. I don't know how you've been celebrating, but I've really been enjoying my time outside lately. It's funny because I feel like I'm actually like more relaxed about the riding now. Like I keep like, you know, you flip through your reels and you hear that audio that's like, we can let July just be July. And I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm not riding (laughs) nearly as hard as I was in June. I don't know why. I've just, I've hit July and I'm like, yeah, like. He's you know as what, good as though? he's going to get that series fine. So I would agree with that. I've been doing a lot more like short, meaningful rides. I did a lot of bareback in the last week, to be honest. And it was, it was fun. I feel like I'm kind of in this really like hippie romanticized era with my horse, like via heartland a little bit. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I'm totally down with like, you romanticize the everyday and then every day becomes this magical romantic experience. So, you know, I'm, I'm all about that. Maybe it's because we have, um, Taylor national Taylor Swift day for all the actual Swifties out there. I am sorry. I don't remember the day. I think it's like national speak now date. Please don't come at me. I'm new to this, but I do appreciate her as a person and the positive vibe she brings to everybody. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's been just a nice mellow month, which is weird. Cause I don't know in my mind that should be August, but August feels a lot more like, Oh no, now summer's ending. We I know. Go, I'm like, so. August feels like my last minute <laughs> hustle. Like, however I feel yeah. about a procrastination on a project. That's what August feels like. Like, why didn't I live summer more? And I have to like fit it all in. No, this is the month to like take your horse swimming which I think you've been doing sort of, haven't you? I'm trying to avoid it actually. No, do it. <laughs> it's really just bad. jump up there. Just jump so, up there and clap your heels on and yeah. take her swimming, man. So God bless this horse. And if you're Southern, you understand what I actually meant there. Astrid has never been in water. And actually, I will say, if you go to my post, if you follow me on Facebook or Instagram, my friend Kyle showed video footage of this horse at his farm avoiding the water. So I was very shocked that starting in early June, all of a sudden she senses there's a body of water near her and she feels the urge to go towards it. And I'm just, 
it took me out of nowhere and she was like dragging me at some point. It was, it was actually getting bad. And then she's like started dragging other people who were leading her to her pasture. And I would get a lot of <laughs> she's trying texts. to drown them. <laughs> I know. I was like, my horse is oh, no. definitely on a, a murder suicide machine now. <laughs> um, <laughs> but she is, there's something magical about this disgusting, sticky swamp pond. Like it is nasty it is not nice water and i'm like why is this the one you want to go to and she's a very clean mare as well like she doesn't roll a lot she's never caked in anything so this is all very strange to me Kristen. like to the point where i'm like am i bringing the right horse in and did i get confused do i have a head injury <laughs> um <laughs> She's and a hot girl summer. She wants to go swimming. Something like that. But I'm like, she's never been swimming before. So this is very strange. And I thought I'd have the bright idea. Like long ago, I posted like, who thinks I'm going to get dragged into the pond at some point. And most of you thought I would. And that was hurtful. <laughs> they are honest people. I will let bygones be bygones that they don't have faith in me controlling my horse. Uh, which I, I don't most just days. Get a GoPro, put it on your head, and then when you end up in the pond, oh. we can all come along for the ride. I think that's where we're we're heading because she almost did it, almost successful. So I did like a little video. I thought I was being clever. I'm like, this horse is a chicken butt. I figured if she touched the water, she'd jump in the air and be done with it. No. Oh yeah, you're trying to prey on her fears there. That's not. Yeah, very nice. I figured this is the one time I could take advantage of her anxious tendencies to preserve everyone else around her. Because she it wasn't just <laughs> you know the workers at the barn. Sometimes they'd have one or another horse. Like she was taking everybody swimming. Oh yeah, against okay. their will. <laughs> yeah, that's a. Mm, eh, yeah, I don't know. Not so ideal. Not I, okay not. if we take mom. Not ideal if we take everybody else and their horses. <laughs> You're um, going down with me. Yes. And so she like was making her little bubbles in the water. And I'm like, okay, that's cute. Got that on camera. And then we start to go into the water and she wasn't super keen. Like in the video, I was able to pull her up before we both went in. I just don't trust the footing. Everyone's like, let her swim. And I'm like, I don't know. That's true. Like if you think there. it's got a mucky bottom, maybe. Yeah. Not the, not the water I would really like to test it in. Um, considering Maybe you can our, like go in there with a stick or something and kind of like jam. The I mean, stick I watched a four-year-old go in and lose every single shoe he's ever had. So, a horse uh, or a child? Child. Oh, okay. Well, yes. I mean, yeah. All right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, those are when, designed to come off, though. Not like a four-year-old horse like pulling nails. That's what no, I was immediately like. No, I don't know if you want to test that one either. <laughs> Wesley was a good test subject for me, and that was enough. Wesley is my barn manager's son, and he loves the pond as well. Uh, Maybe okay. he can ride Astrid into the water, and they can have a yeah, there you go. But um, yes. So she did not successfully pull me in yet, but she was very intrigued and tried to pull me back in several times. So I'm asking for her pasture to not be at the pond anymore. So far, it's not going well. But Good luck with it. Well, yeah, because the geldings were in there and the geldings figured out how to turn off their hot wire. So, Oh, cool. You yeah, there's been a lot. We've had a lot of runaway of... ponies. <laughs> but I'll save that content Jeez. for another day. I feel like you have a yeah. lot more fun things going on. You and Eric have been like cleaning up at shows. Yeah, I mean, we went to a, a small day show, which as an aside, day shows are awesome. Uh, <laughs> we usually do these like multi-night camping extravaganzas. And this day show was sweet because we just like rolled in, 
to the barn at a decent hour, loaded the horses, loaded our stuff, rolled over to this day show, hopped off the trailer, showed, and then went home all on the same day. I was like, is this how normal people horse show? This is awesome. So that was cool. Um, it was a nice show. It was a, a little show. They have a mm-hmm. very, very small ranch program. So we're going to hopefully help bring that along a little bit. Got some nice comments from the judge. Um, and as I'm going in for the first class, I'm riding around and I see this woman standing at the rail with a makeover hat on. So um, the judge wasn't in the ring yet. So we had some time. So as we walked by, I was like, hey, I like your hat. And she goes, hey, I'm here to see you in Jobber. And uh, like completely inappropriately, <laughs> I was so taken by surprise. I was like, you are not. <laughs> She goes, yeah, yeah. And I think I'm like riding around the corner and I'm like, what is going on here? And uh, after the class, we connected. So shout out to listener Aaron, who <laughs> I guess saw on our uh, on the Instagram story that day that we were going to Erie Hunt and Saddle Club and was like, oh my God, I'm near there. So she showed up um, to help support the the club putting on the show, but then also to say hello. So that that was super cool. That's so nice. It was super nice. So yeah, if you guys uh, happen to see us out in the wild, don't be afraid to say hi. It was really cool. Another girl there was like, oh my God, yeah, I follow Jobber on Instagram. So Jobber had like a little fan sesh with his, uh, with his, he people. deserves it. He really yeah, does. Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny because, of course, then Shorty's like lurking around in his goggles like a big shark. And, um, Aaron had her young daughter with her and Shorty loves children. So he marched like drug Eric over and was like, hello, child. So um, that was very sweet. Shorty loves kids. So, I love that. You know what? Kristen, yeah, I'm fun. super excited to come out to your place. We are so excited to have you guys. Everybody, Joy's coming. I'm so excited. I'm coming in August and there will be content and it'll be fun. And we're also going to force Zach and Eric to hang out. So there'll be horse husband content. Oh, yeah. We're going to, and I have to say, I have been, this is the other reason my July is so mellow. All the wild berries around the farm are coming in. So I spent a lot of time running around picking berries after we ride. And I think I have perfected a pie that I really like to. Oh, it's yeah, it's very idyllic in July, but I have yeah. perfected a pie recipe that I really want to run past Zach. So I'm interested in oh his professional gosh. opinion. I love so. this. I, I yeah. love this. Can we call it cow pie if he likes it? Oh, no, we cannot. That's an <laughs> awful name. Of course it is, but it's funny <laughs> for me. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. I love it. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for letting me have it, but we obviously won't call it that. But it was funny for the moment. That was for all you listeners. You can you can hate me later and send me some mean comments about my poor jokes. Yes, I have bad jokes. They're real. They're a real problem. Someone has everybody. to. Yeah. One yes. of us has got to make the puns. Yes. But you know what's not punny is the fact that we have to take care of our horses. And it, some days it's a lot easier than others. But luckily, luckily, we have Kentucky Performance Products who is there for us and there for our horses to keep them healthy and happy. And we're going to hear from them now. This Nutrition Minute is brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products, the company that simplifies your search for research-proven nutritional supplements at kppusa.com. If you've ever had a horse with diarrhea, you know what a frustrating problem it can be. Finding an ingredient that works to dry up the diarrhea becomes a high priority. It turns out that researchers have found one, a yeast called Saccharomyces boulardii. It has been proven to improve and halt episodes of diarrhea. It supplies specific nutrients to the lining of the small and large intestines, and these nutrients promote healing of irritated tissues. 
It also supports improved starch and sugar digestion in the small intestine, reducing the opportunity for imbalances to occur in the hindgut. Nalox Advanced, made by Kentucky Performance Products, contains Saccharomyces boulardii, along with a blend of fermentation solubles and stomach buffers. Nalox Advanced is recommended for horses of any age that are suffering from diarrhea. It also supports a healthy digestive tract in horses at risk for gastric or colonic ulcers, such as performance horses or any horse that is constantly on the go and exposed to stressful situations. For best results, Nalox Advanced should be fed on a daily basis. This Nutritional Minute has been brought to you by Kentucky Performance Products. You can find all of their terrific products at kppusa.com. Well, Joy, I'm very excited for our next guest. This has been someone I've wanted to talk to for a long time. We have with us today Jenna Antonucci, who, of course, recently made history as the first trainer or the first female trainer of a horse to win a Triple Crown race. So, Jenna, thank you so much for joining us. We'd love to have you here. Thank you for having me. So we're super thrilled just to talk, of course, with, you know, a woman trainer who's, you know, reached these pinnacle levels of the sport because there just aren't very many of you out there. So uh, we would love to know a little bit on like, you know, what kind of career path did you take to get to this point? The career path would be a grinding one. Uh, So (laughs) it's a, you know, obviously growing up riding show horses and having the opportunity to ride a lot of thoroughbreds growing up because that's what we had. And you learn a lot about yourself and a lot about them through that process. And that just really evolved my life through many different avenues to end up in, in thoroughbred racing. Not definitely not what I aspired to be um, as a young human. Oh, and what was your uh, career aspirations like when they ask you in elementary school? Um, I really thought I'd be uh, veterinary medicine or architecture. Those are very different choices. Yeah. I think I was yes, on the veterinary track at some point. Because <laughs> yes. that's, you know, yes, that's what are. you do as a kid who likes horses, right? They're like, oh yeah, go be a vet. So, and mm-hmm. yeah, I think very few of us end up there. So I feel that. <laughs> I love that track from, you know, like off track thoroughbred into racing. And I think that is like a super overlooked way to get more young people involved in the industry, because I think there's so many young folks growing up in riding schools, riding off track thoroughbred lesson horses. And I, I feel like that's an untapped way to get people excited about racing. So what are your, I don't know, what are your thoughts on that? Have you had experiences like that, you know, where young people are like, oh, this is cool. I didn't realize this horse maybe had a previous life before me. Oh, that's a hard one. Back in, <laughs> back in the day when it was black and white television and rotary phones, kidding, um, that, you know, that was a very natural path and very, very common. Now with so many, you know, warm bloods and imports and whatnot, I think there was probably a, an entire generation that didn't have that exposure to thoroughbreds like we did. Um, and, but I do think with so much effort that has been put forth with all, all of the incentives and all of the horse, you know, all the thoroughbred only divisions and this and that, and obviously RRP and all of those kinds of avenues now that are really highlighting the thoroughbreds, it's giving them a voice again and, and reintroducing them to a new generation and so hopefully, yes, hopefully there'll be some curiosity of how and why. And I think it's how we really handle those important pivot points when we're retiring a horse and sending them on to their next career is 
you know, making sure that the next connections don't look at it as the rescue or I, you know, oh, I had to come in and sweep this horse off its feet and save him or her. And it's, you know, so, so many now it's just phase two, right? They weren't fast enough. They may have had a minor injury. They just weren't cut out for the racing world. You know, how many warm bloods are bred to be a dressage horse and end up in the hunter ring um, or vice versa. And we don't ever look at that category as, oh, it's phase two for them. They just make a pivot. And so I think we have to do better. and, And we are of educating everybody across both disciplines and racing world and show horse world of these are just life pivots for these guys. And if it uh, gives a lot of exposure to a new generation of how amazing they are and how smart they are and the, you know, flexibility that they have, then that's amazing. That's a great point. I've never thought about it that way, but yeah, I would say the, well, maybe not the majority, but I, I bet there's a large percentage of horses were bred for one discipline and end up in another, but yeah, we don't, we don't look and say boo at those. So yeah, nope. <laughs> yeah why would it matter? Yeah, that's a great point. <laughs> very cool. Yeah. And I wonder if I just grew up, you know, like I didn't grow up in a very fancy equestrian center. It was like a local 4-H level barn, but it was, you know, you got to a certain level and then you got to ride the off-track thoroughbred. So it's, I wonder if there's still barns where they have that cachet. So we'll hope so. <laughs> Absolutely. So of course, you know, you've recently become like probably a household name in racing, which maybe you didn't have quite that status before the Belmont stakes. What has that been like, you know, to suddenly be jettisoned into like, everyone knows your name, everybody knows who you are. Yeah, it's interesting to say the least. I think the biggest thing that I just appreciate is on the whole, there's been a wonderful support from fellow horsemen um, who genuinely have been appreciative of the voice and communicating what we do, um, in a way that might relate to more people. And so that was probably the surprise, uh, that you don't really think about. And when it happens, it's like, Oh, that's interesting. I didn't look at any of that from that point of view. Um, so that's been, that's been weird, uh, but in a good way. Um, and I think a much needed way for our industry of needing to rally together more. We have a, a, um, a history of you know tearing each other down. So hopefully some of what we're doing is help putting people back together and, you know, as far as the layperson, that has been crazy um, for sure, where, you know, people that don't live and breathe what we do, you know, seeing it, recognizing it, appreciating it, um, you know, having their point of view on it is, has been been crazy. Yeah, that's great to hear, though, that it's been embraced by, you know, the rest of your peers generally. Like, that's that's nice and that's encouraging, you know, sure. to know that it's, yeah, you're not just out there by yourself. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, I, it does feel like there's like the stigma sometimes like women, especially getting into the industry that not only is it already competitive to be there, but there's this extra layer, this extra hurdle to overcome. Like no one's supporting you at the end of the day, but it sounds like that's finally starting to shift. So I, I think that's true in any industry you aspire um, to be at the top of. And um, I'm not going to ignore how difficult it is and how challenging and, you know, it wasn't, but, you know, a few decades ago in New York, women weren't even allowed on the backside. So do we have a lot of work to do? Yes, we do. And do we need to continue to to evolve that? Of course. But I think as, you know, I've, I've always jokingly said, it feels like the thoroughbred industry is 10 to 15 years behind the real world. And um, if that's true, then we're pretty much on course, where if you look at how women strong women 
you know, I've driven into the banking world and Wall Street and, you know, these high position, high powered roles, um, it's happening. Um, and I think it's allowing that breathing room to allow it to happen and understanding that doing it different is okay. And that I think is what sometimes makes anybody uncomfortable in change, not just in, in our industry. And I think the other part of that, that most people don't think about is being a trainer is running a business. It's not getting up and going in the backyard and brushing off your horse and let's go, you know, let's go, you know, jump some jumps and school this horse for 30 minutes. You're dealing with payroll, you're dealing with insurance, you're dealing with owners, you're trying to grow a business, you know, balance a budget. And so there may not be a ton of women that want to do all of that. And they may really much enjoy being the assistant or being the rider where they can really hone in on their section of it. And so I applaud anyone that wants to run their own business, no matter what it is, because it is, it is hard, even when you're winning consistently or having great production. It's, it's an all-encompassing um, kind of endeavor. I love that. That, that is a necessary statement for how this is, how it can be interpreted. I think sometimes we do try to make the horse industry really specialized, but you're right. It is a business at the end of the day, just like any other industry. I, yeah, you're I've essentially said, an entrepreneur. <laughs> yes. And, I, and I've said often, and it makes people uncomfortable sometimes to say it, but you know, at the end of the day, there's an element of what we do that's an entertainment industry. And we love our horses. We want them to be thriving, happy, flourishing animals that are giving us everything that they absolutely can. And it's our responsibility to steward that. But we are entertaining a group of people. And with that, it's like buying season tickets to say a football you know, team that is your team or a baseball team that's your team. And so when we have people that get involved in this business, they're making that commitment. And with that, there's an element of they need to enjoy because if we aren't enjoying something in life, then why keep doing it? Yeah, true. That's a great mm-hmm. point. And that is, yeah, I mean, that that is the reality of it, right? Is that like horse racing is an entertainment and it's the same thing in equestrian. It's like, this is sure. like a very niche, like a niche, like recreational activity. So if you're a professional in the equestrian industry, you're still just helping Absolutely. people basically in their spare time. So, Absolutely. Is, yeah kind of a rough truth, you know, for all of us who aspired to grow up and be in that industry. But I mean, once you understand that, then yeah, you sort of unlock. Well, then you lean in, right? Like once you understand and you lean into what makes you thrive and what makes you, you and what, what really, you know, compels you to be the best version of yourself. And if that's in the breeding world, then dig in and do it. If it's in the racing world, do it. Um, But I think there's opportunity for everybody and it doesn't matter gender. It matters how hard you work. And there may be different things said or different adversities, but every single person across the board is going to have challenges. Yeah. Well, and that leads into sort of my next comment, which was, I would imagine anyway, this is sort of an assumption that you would rather be known as a good horseman or horsewoman, whichever term you prefer, rather than, you know, the best female trainer, like that has on its own, you know, sort of its own categorization, but ultimately everyone should be in it for the horse, right? I respect that other people have to relate to you. And so right. other people relate to my story through their point of view. And if that's how they have to label it, then I absolutely respect it. I embrace it. And I'm thankful to them for, for allowing me to have that. Um, and I think at the end of the day, it's yes, how we treat our horses and being a strong horse, woman, man, whatever, but it's also how we treat people. Hmm. Hmm. 
Yeah. Great point. Yeah. And, you know, like any discussion, once we get into like gender and gender roles and gender roles in the industry is always sort of fraught with this, like, how do we want to label it? How do we want to refer to ourselves? How do we relate to other people? So yeah, thank you for navigating this with us. <laughs> well, the labels, so, the labels are for other people to be able to identify mm-hmm. with. And it's, you know, I've never lived my life defined by labels. I was, you know, when I grew up riding, and this is something that I've had to really, you know, Katie and myself have talked a lot about this the last several weeks. Cause it's like, it wasn't, it was never a thing for me to go, oh, well, you're not supposed to be a female and be a horse trainer, like in the thoroughbred world that never, ever resonated with me. And then when we kind of started peeling it back a little bit, I really attribute it to the strong women that were my trainers growing up where the barn that you like referenced, where you're the kid that you get to go jump jumps and paint jumps and, you know, be barefoot and clean stalls and bareback and do all of that, you know, my trainer at that time was running her business. She was our trainer. She was our leader. Like you don't even think about it. And then moving on to, you know, higher competition barns and and all of those trainers were all female. And so it never resonated with me as a gender conversation of, well, in the racing world, you have to be a man to do this. That it up until going through this experience, have I ever had to pause to have an assessment of why it just was never a thing for me. Hmm. Yeah, it's quite the loaded process, you know, of course, to sort of have to look at this, you know, in such sharp contrast, you know, in the past month, I would imagine too. So yeah, no, for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a process. <laughs> so to the, you know, the entrepreneurial business end, um, tell us a little bit more about your horseology program, because I noticed that on your website. And I think mm-hmm. that's super fascinating. Katie and I um, launched um, horseology last year as a a need to provide services under one roof. Our industry has the, again, wonderful reputation of being fractured where you do this here and you do that there and you have this service over there. And so the concept is quite simple. It's all services from basically conception to retirement and any of our clients and you know owners that are involved with us that's what we offer to them. And so if it's a breeding that they need advice on, if we're foaling mares, if we're retiring their horses, whether horses stay with me to race or go to other trainers to race, it's being that support role for those owners through the process and being that part of that team and building. We, we send horses out often to other trainers for rehab or that we're breaking and training and developing. And it makes people kind of look funny. Like what, why are you sending horses to other people you train? because that's what we built is to do right by others. And if you do right by others, they do right by you and same with the horse. And so we have created this network of services for the people that are with us and a horse may get a start with me. And then we say, Hey, this horse might be better suited up in this area or this region. And so just offering that platform for um, the humans around us to be able to utilize that's great. And that's great in an industry that I think, you know, often gets especially the mainstream media reputation for just being about money and not about the horses. Like it's really mm-hmm. nice to see a horse first program, which mm-hmm. I'm sure, you know, there are many out there. We just need to celebrate them and get them out there like that. So well, not so even just great. about the the horses though. It's also about like the success of that breeder, that owner. It sounds like you're trying to give that horse the best chance they can to be successful. Um, Absolutely. So it impacts everybody, which is beautiful to see. Absolutely. It's, it's absolutely horse forward. And, you know, it's, 
whether it's sales prepping or bringing one along that you're watching this thing grow up and go, geez, this probably shouldn't go to the sale. It's not going to really do right of what you guys are looking for and having those honest conversations with people. We've grown in clientele where people just haven't been fully transparent with them. Well, mm-hmm. I, this is what I was told. It's like, I'm sorry that that's what you were told, but this is what our assessment is and how would you like to proceed? And sometimes those are hard conversations, but they're necessary. Yeah. Well, and I think so much in the horse world on all sides, you know, is is built on people wanting to avoid those difficult conversations, but sure. that's the unfortunate reality, right? Sure. <laughs> You've got to Absolutely. sit people down. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So one last question, and then we want to do just a couple fun rapid fire questions with you sure. too, but um, one piece of advice, if you could, <laughs> this is kind of a big one, if you could boil your experience down to one piece of advice to anyone looking to get involved with the thoroughbred industry or specifically for women, I'll let you decide which direction you want to take that. Um, that's a very hard question. Um, cause <laughs> <It's big. laughs> the, fir- the first thing is you tell people is don't run the other direction. Um, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's but also valid. I, yeah. Um, I think knowing that you have a strong work ethic is literally the most important part of doing anything related to a horse. And so my biggest piece of advice is if, if you question your commitment to yourself and your work ethic, this might not be the thing for you. And maybe enjoy it as a hobby, enjoy it as a part-time thing, but this is an all-consuming industry, whether you're racing or showing or whatnot. If you want to do it, it's a lifestyle and it's not for everybody. And that's quite okay. So I think I would, I would really encourage people and women to really self-evaluate of what their commitment is and not lose themselves in the process. That's great. It is. It is life. I mean, even to do it recreationally is a lifestyle. <laughs> so it <that> is <laughs> very true. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just like thinking back. I'm like thinking back on my day today and how much of it was centered on going to the barn. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep, absolutely. All right. So we want to start doing this more with guests because I think this is going to be fun. So a couple of rapid fire questions. Don't think, just respond. What Not do you like scared. best? Bays or grays? Or chestnut. That's not fair. My, I mean, Archangelo is gray. Well, that was but a you're layup. Me, I was like, we're going to give you're you an making easy one to me pick with. a child right now. I mean, that's terrible. <laughs> we're not. We're not. Oh, adding how could it not be Archangelo? Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like. I like healthy, fast horses. I don't care their color. That's <laughs> fair. Fine. That's fair. We'll allow it. <laughs> All right. Wine or coffee? Neither. Oh, what's your drink? I'm uh, iced tea. I never drink coffee. I know I'm weird. Um, and I'm not oh. really a big drinker. I know. So nice. rather boring in that department. Yeah. Actually, I'm a, now I'm, I'm super impressed. I'm like very you. intrigued. I was like, I have <laughs> so a, many teas in my cabinet. I'm, I have so many questions. <laughs> I'm, I'm current, currently a Vitapod person and, and tea person. So there's nice. my there's my thing right now. I love it. All right. Summer or winter? Summer. I hate being cold. I see you're based in Florida, right? So yeah, you, you only ever get Well, and I was previously in New York for five years year round and that was just torture. I'm a Florida, a born and raised in Florida. So I can put on a t-shirt. I, I hate layering up. Give me the worst. (laughs) All right. So this one might be a challenge too. Saratoga or Del Mar? Saratoga. I'm just an East coast girl. I appreciate what Del Mar is and and Saratoga and California is beautiful, but I love the history of Saratoga. There's nothing like it. That's fair. Yeah, I think I'm with you there. I so. have one question, Kristen. One more. Yeah. 
Go for if it. If you could choose any discipline to try or that you already do that you love, what would it be? I love a nice hunter. I mean, to be able to just go in and go jump a hunter around is... is it's like, that's, that's the exact opposite of a racehorse. It is. But I, and that was one of the reasons of my big pivots is because the hunters were so political and I'm like, this is stupid. So I, I love the person, the idea that the, the idea of, and the reality of it is very different, but the idea of racing was so apolitical versus the show horse world. But I love the stylistic aspects of hunters. I think they're beautiful and just what that whole picture is and, and the throwback to, to the good old days. So I would say probably the hunters. I love yeah, that. I appreciate it's that. Fun. A nice, classy hunter that's just loping down the lines is mm-hmm. yeah, beautiful to watch. Nice. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. Where can people follow your adventures or what you're doing next or learn more about your programs? All of our social um, is pretty current. So if it's not on my personal stuff, which is Jenna Antonucci, um, pretty much across everything. Um, our Horsology Inc. is across everything as well. So we we're pretty active on everything. So we might pe- make people's head spins, but they can uh, always kind of be in touch with what we're doing and what the latest and greatest is in our, our sphere of the world. Awesome. All right. Well, we'll be sure to give you a follow as well. Thank you very Appreciate much. That. Well, I'm here with Tony from Cashel. You all know it from the ads you hear all the time on this show, but I we're at the trade show and this is the p- point of time in the year where we find out what's new coming out. So what's Cashel have new coming out? Oh, we've got a, a great lineup of uh, 32, 34 wool top pads. So uh, t- describe them. Uh, five different colors, real vibrant, bright, sharp looking pads. What, are the, what makes them different? Uh, well, it's the fill. The, the, the wool felt on the inside is a natural felt, and the fleece on the bottom is a 100% merino. Oh, really? Okay. So th- these are soft and squishy pads. Well, not real squishy, but soft, and, and they do absorb shock and, and saddle fit. What would they retail for? What are those? That's you about know? 119 That's the right price. Yeah. Anything else new with Cashel coming out? Oh, we've got uh, more saddle pads coming in the fall, a uh, new strap line coming in the fall. It's uh, a two-tone that looks great with a, a great buckle set on it. There's, we're always in development, so there's so many things, projects in the works. What's still your most popular product? Is it still always the same things year after year? Uh, fly. You've got yeah, fly, fly that's what we all. That's, what, that's how I knew you in the first place was fly. Fly masks. Yep. Yeah. Many years ago, uh, we were primarily fly masks and kind of had some tush cushions and a few odds and ends. Today, we've broadened that offering to saddlebags, uh, strap, head stalls, breast collars, bell boots, um, leg protection, and the, the it continues to grow. Is there a place where somebody can go and see all the products? Uh, Cashelcompany.com will give you a good offering. There you go. Well, thank you, Tony. It's been fun seeing you again. Hey, thank you. Good to see you. Well, Kristen, I'm super, super excited for our next segment here. It is our Making the Makeover series. We are following four writers this year going to the Thoroughbred Makeover. And today we have Julia Haysu and Melissa Mateson. Welcome back to the show, you two. Hey, thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for having me back. 
Oh, it's so much fun. And I love that you both are in the middle of creating content, basically. You're both going, well, Julie, you're going to pony camp. And I'm like, how do you even have time for us right now? And Melissa, you're about to run a barrel race and you're here talking with us. So I feel very special. Thank you for joining us today. Because <laughs> I I would not be talking to this podcast if I were getting ready for a horse show. Well, I guess mine's a little different being in dressage. We overthink everything. But it's just kind of like in the definition, right? Like, yeah. Yes, it's in the definition of like, I'd be in like game phase with my playlist and ready to go, like super hyper focused. And you're like, I want to be on Retired Race Horse Radio. And I appreciate your dedication. <laughs> but I, I know it's been a minute, Melissa, since we touched base with you. I'd love to hear how June treated you and your horses. Um. Well, Texas is is hot. It's ungodly hot right now. We've kind of slowed down on training a little bit just because in the middle of the day, it has just gotten so hot. Bo has kind of developed a little bit of anhydrosis, so he's not sweating oh, no. as well. And yes, and I'm like, of course, you know, we're literally in the hottest part of the world right now. So, you know, he's special and he's getting his beer and we're getting an acupuncturist for him. and you know, <laughs> oh. spoiled horses. And then I just wanted at, some extra attention. He was like, I know. He's like, I haven't caused enough content. Let me show up. Cost <laughs> enough money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He he's my problem child. And then Boogie, who's pretty much just gone to fat girl camp. Um, I'll have to post a picture of her. But the other day my neighbor was like, How early did you breed her this year? And I'm like, she's <laughs> She's not pregnant. She's oh, no. <laughs> um, just a very, I've had very that one, easy Melissa. Bird. Don't feel bad. I've had that same comment. Don't feel bad. Oh dear. And she's I'm a like, retired you know broodmare. <laughs> yeah, exactly. She's you know she's representing. Um, <laughs> so she's getting on a diet because I've had to take my cinch down two holes in the last two weeks, even though oh. I've been riding her more. <laughs> Bless well, you'll be in good shape for the arrival exam. So that's good, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yes. yes. Well, how are the, I feel like last time we talked, there were some fee issues. There were some patience issues happening. How are those going? So far, pretty good. We really haven't had any tantrums at the trailer. It's actually been my makeover grad that has been having temper tantrums at the trailer. He's just excited. He's just ready to go. She's just like, she, secret is her own creature. Um, <laughs> that is the but, nicest way to say that. I love that. Yeah, I'm gonna have like, to borrow that now. <laughs> if you if you ever meet her in person, you will completely understand what I mean. Um, she's a huge personality, but for the most part, like no bucking, no rearing, no running away, nothing, nothing crazy. So that's always nice. So are you still planning to bring Secret back for the tip champs too? I am. So that's actually um, <laughs> part of why we're going to the barrel race tonight is so I can get more um, qualifying runs on her since I have to hardship her this year. And yeah. in a twist of events, when I texted in last night and was like, hey, like I want to enter. And she's like, well, we're down two horses. And I was like, uh okay, well, enter my horse that's barely loping the pattern so I can go get points for tip championship. So Boogie is about to run her first race tonight as well. 
Woo, all right. We are minutes away. I don't suppose I you'll, you won't bring us on for the actual ride, right? That would be wild. That sounds dangerous. That would, that would be funny. <laughs> what would it sound like? Like, to be, be like, honest, right, like, hang on. full of facts, but is it more like, are you swearing? Is it like just a lot of breathing? Is it like praying? What, like, what do you do when you're running? <laughs> With sacred, it kind of depends on the run. I probably hold my breath until we actually turn first. And I'm like, okay, you remember what you're doing. And then there's been a, there's been a few um, adult choice words. All right. That happens in dressage too. (laughs) Yeah. That's universal. So that's okay. That one's fine. (laughs) But um, I feel like we just need to somehow like record my inner monologue because I feel like that would be. That would be a fun, that would be a fun social piece, by the way. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Well, I'm excited to hear how it goes. I'm sure we'll get an update after we have this recorded listeners. We know this is coming to you later, so we'll be sure to share what Melissa did on her first run with her horse here. Julia, tell us what's been new because your pony got a break, but now he's in pony camp. How did you do coming back? He's good. So I, um, Wrote him yesterday for the first time. He's technically not in pony camp. I have all my little students here doing pony camp. So he's oh. just kind of been hanging out, letting them all pet him in his stall, which he loves oh, all of the attention. Um, yeah, he he loves it. He's my really good. They're like kids. children. So no, he loves them. He's he seems to really kind of be thriving just being in the middle of pony camp. So it's kind of nice. But he's good. I sat on him yesterday for the first time since I got back from braiding, and he was awesome. He um was forward. There was no bucking. The steering was better. Um, he was actually like soft in my hand and moving up from behind off my leg. And then I cantered just a little course of like flower boxes and poles on the ground. The height's never going to be an issue. So I think once we just figure out the going forward and actually cantering a course of poles, I think I could put them up to three foot and he would just be like, Oh, okay, I get it. So I'm not, I'm not worried about the height for the makeover just you know keeping him going forward and he's he was just absolutely awesome yesterday it was really fun to sit on him i love Um, when they like cook or marinate you know with a break and you come back and you're like oh good it's stuck and got better you know yeah exactly (laughs) yeah you forgot everything it does seem like rarely (laughs) you do horses forget things they they do seem to learn more on breaks, which there's probably a lesson in there somewhere that I'm going to refuse to learn and just keep going. But (laughs) I love that. So Joy and I earlier in this episode, we're talking about this sort of phenomenon that we have been enjoying, um, you know, with our non makeover horses, Mm -hmm. like we're not up against a training deadline, but this sort of like nice lackadaisical sense that July is the time to enjoy the summer and just go for a nice ride and maybe bear back a little bit. And we were curious if you ladies with, you know, sort of this big October show looming, were enjoying the same sensation. So Julia, is July like a nice, easy time for you? Or is it like absolutely the opposite? And you're running around with your hair on fire. Um, I'm for sure running around with my hair on fire. I was going to complain about how god awful hot it is here, but I'm not in Texas, so I don't think I get to complain. Um, it's okay. It's Texas relative. Heat, we can all complain. It's fine. I, I think Texas heat is probably far worse than Maryland heat. I'm not sure. Um, but I, you know, me personally, I'm running around like a chicken with my head cut off. You know, I was gone for two weeks. So I wasn't here for the first week of July and then got home and 
immediately went into pony camp here at the farm for my students. And then I go back to breeding this weekend. So (laughs) for myself, it's insanity. For my horse, it's very relaxed because he's just going to get rides fit in where he can this month. Okay. So yeah, he gets to enjoy a laid back July. That's nice. Somebody gets to enjoy it. (laughs) Yeah. Somebody's taking advantage of it. Yeah. Nice. And Melissa, how about you? I know the heat is maybe forcing you to make it a relaxed July, but how are you feeling? Does it feel relaxed or does it feel like, ah, um, there's definitely a little bit of pressure because I feel like on bow, I'm just very behind because we're still kind of just working on our basics, you know, getting a lope departure within like three or four strides or actually catching our lead. Boogie, I feel she's about where Secret was at this time, but our rides have been pretty short and deliberate. Like my Truck actually says it's 102 outside right now. I think it's being a little overdramatic. Because <laughs> it doesn't feel that hot. But um, maybe I'm just used to it. <laughs> I don't know. But um, for- your internal thermometer is all off, completely out of yes. way. It's like, yeah, no, this is fine. It's like, I don't know anymore. Um, but, you know, on the flip side, we also panic down here when it snows every three years. So, you know. <laughs> But uh, for the most part, it's it's slow but steady. All right, so you know we're in. We're still in this like <laughs> calm. Well, this is in good blissful shape. July, <laughs> July is, kind yeah. of. Yeah, <laughs> <With> an asterisk. <laughs> yeah, we'll yeah we'll say it's it's relaxed-ish. So relaxed-ish. <laughs> Relax so this is going to come out on July twenty fifth. So mm-hmm. we're recording obviously a little bit early, but. Uh, by the time this comes out, it's going to be awfully close to final entry time. So what are our discipline choices? What are we feeling for these horses? Melissa, we'll start with you. Um, so Boogie is going to be entered in the barrel racing. And I think for Bo, just because we haven't really done anything discipline specific that we're going to do freestyle. Um, nice. I've kind of always just loved watching them and I was like I could do that I can I can put something together and um the last few rides I've had on him I've actually taken mayhem our German shepherd for a walk with me so we might incorporate him (laughs) into my freestyle a little bit I haven't decided yet you named him mayhem so we actually got him from a lady who had named him mayhem Oh man, you are inviting all sorts of good times with that. I love it. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, having a dog broke horse is no joke. Like that is actually one of the most valuable skills you can teach a horse. I think, you know, because all equestrians, we all have dogs. They're always running around. They're always loose at horse shows. Like, so yeah, that's an A plus life skill for sure. That I think is very underrated. We have six at home and he is still not a fan of like strange people's dogs, but our dog, she's kind of like, okay, whatever. Nice. Like, <laughs> Cool. Yeah. Well, you have to keep us updated, but not give away too many secrets on the freestyle. Cause I know that's half the fun with a good freestyle is kind of keeping it under wraps a little bit mm-hmm. and then revealing it. So, but yeah, yeah, we'll be excited to see what you come up with. Julia, how about you? Which way are we thinking? So we're going to, we're going to shoot for eventing. Um, You know, if I get there and I don't feel like he's ready, like at least we'll get through the dressage. If I need to pull up on cross country or in the show jumping, that's fine. I don't have like 
you know, great expectations that we're going to win. Like I'm, you know, the makeover is just the first step. You know, we all say that those of us have been doing it forever, but I think he's really going to surprise me by the time we get there. Um, but we are also doing freestyle, which is so very far out of my wheelhouse, but summer and her mom helped scribe for freestyle last year for, uh, you know, volunteering, they volunteer every year. And they fell in love with it. And they, you know, one of their stipulations was we can do whatever discipline you want, but we're also doing freestyle. And I said, all right, that's, that's all on so you guys. Cool. I love that. So, oh my gosh. Good for them. Yeah. So they're, they're super excited. We have a plan sort of, um, <laughs> and I, I, they have a plan and I just have to figure out how to figure out the training for that plan. And I think he'll be fine. He doesn't care about, you know, like, I don't think he's going to walk into the, the indoor there, you know, the Coliseum and panic. Like I'm not worried about anything like that. So it's just figuring out kind of the pattern we want to do in there and props and just getting him used to all of that stuff. But I think, I think he's going to be really good for that. That's so fun. All right. Well, Joy and I will be ringside for freestyle for sure. Clearly, <laughs> I know I'm super excited for so, it. Oh, that's so fun. I did a freestyle when I did the makeover because that was the year they took the cows out of ranch work. And I was like, well, my horse really likes cows. So I, hired a local person to bring me a cow and they delivered the cow to the arena. And then at the end of the pattern, we loaded it back in the trailer and the cow went home. It was perfect. So yeah, you can do anything in a freestyle. That's a good time. <laughs> yeah. I'm super excited to see what you guys come up with. Yay. Yeah. Freestyle is like, that's the most fun class at the makeover just because there's music and there's costumes and there's props and it's crazy. And it's, and each one's I love different. It. Like each one's yes. so unique to the writer and it's a lot of fun to watch. So we'll be sure to be there to to capture it all. Yeah. I love all that. the content. <laughs> yeah. Content. Yes. Um, <laughs> all right. Let's do a real fast, like high point, low point from the past mm-hmm. since we've talked to you last. So I know Julia, that's a pretty quick turnaround, but what's your high and your low? Um, high definitely being the ride that I had on him yesterday. Um, and I did also, I gave, so I gave summer a lesson on him on Monday and then I wrote him yesterday and just, feeling how different he felt, you know, from this ride to the last time I rode him was at Fairhill when we were eventing and just being able to push him forward, you know, get after him a little bit with the dressage whip to like keep coming forward when he was ignoring my leg and him not bucking or getting upset was, it was just awesome. It was a really good feel. Um, low point, I would say having not looked at him for two weeks, I think he's lost a little bit of weight. Like I said, it's super hot here. The flies are awful. The humidity is terrible. I'm a little disappointed about that, but honestly, that's it. And, you know, wait, we can fix. Yeah. And you have, you still have time now too. It's nice being in July and saying, Mm -hmm. okay, we have time to fix it. Exactly. And I don't like, like he's, (laughs) he could still go to the makeover and he would be accepted. When I say he's lost weight, I don't say like, he's not skinny, but he's not quite as like plump and round as when I left, but that's, you know, this time of year, it's just rough. Yeah. Well, oh yeah, I feel that, you know, cause you pride yourself as a, you know, as a horse person of having a nice plump, shiny horse. So I feel that exactly. too. My husband's horse is a tough keeper in the summer. So we're going through the same thing up in New York. So <laughs> Melissa, how about you? Highs and lows? Um, As far as highs with Boogie, she's kind of finally settling down under saddle. She's not wanting to fight contact as much, more willing to move forward and move out. And kind of just behave under saddle. She's not necessarily like naughty, but she'll be like, oh, well, you just put your spur into me a little bit too much. So instead of taking one step, I'm going to take like five. 
and she's kind of become more forgiving. Lowe's with her is I'm probably going to have to get her a new saddle. Um, I've got her in a Martin crown suit and she's outgrown the gullet on it. <laughs> oh, oh, that is a true low. But, you know, <laughs> oh, if you yeah, didn't budget yes. for a new saddle. Oof, I feel oh, like. That's a hard I've been there, I, Melissa. I, I have. I just bought Bo a treeless saddle because he's kind of a fitting nightmare. And I was like, okay, well, I guess y'all are going to share a saddle for a little bit. It does sound like you at least have a saddle to use for now. You're not totally out of riding, out of riding commission, having to do everything barebacks. I, I couldn't do barrel racing bareback. That would terrify me. It terrifies me with the saddle, but the fact I can't even fathom yeah. that concept. But it sounds like you have something to use in the meantime while you're searching for something else for her. Yes. I actually bought him a treeless Bob Marshall because I was like, I have all these saddle pads, so surely we can make this work for you for now until, you know, he kind of builds back his top line. Yeah. Because he's... He's colicked. We've had a choking incident. And so he's kind of just, you know. He wants your full attention. That's what I'm learning from all of this. (laughs) He's like, why do you have all these other horses here? I am the only one that you need to pay attention to. But, um, you know, and so he just kind of lost a lot of top line because I haven't been working him as much as Boogie Mm -hmm. or Secret. And so, but I mean, his weight doesn't look terrible like if we had to go and do like our arrival inspection today like i think we would be fine that's good that's good Um, well you have some time at least which is nice um yes and we are excited to hear how you do with bookie tonight that should be exciting yeah we'll see we're taking bets on whether she's going to run faster or not than my my makeover grad Oh, that's Ooh, fun. that'd be exciting if she does yeah yes that would be promising and i hope it's a controlled run that's the main thing we just want control yes. <laughs> yeah she was super fast on the track but she had no stamina so you know perfect for barrels there you go that's there true go. yeah it's not a long distance race so perfect no <laughs> thank you both very much for joining us again and we will look forward to getting the update again in a couple of weeks uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, Melissa, obviously, good luck. Um, Julia, good luck with Pony Camp. Have fun <laughs> wrangling all those children. Yes. And we'll catch up with you guys again soon. Yes. Oh, and before we we sign off with them, just in case you have any new listeners, I'll start with you, Julia. Where's the best place people can follow you as you're continuing your makeover journey? Yep. So they can follow me on Instagram under my farm page, which is Close Up Show Stables. Uh, also on Facebook with the same name and my personal page on Facebook, which is just under my name, Julia Yatesu. Perfect. And Melissa, where can people follow you? Um, Boogie has a Facebook page. It's Boogie Bell or Ballerina Boogie 2023 RRP former broodmare. Or you can follow me on my personal Facebook page, Melissa Meitzen. Perfect. Well, thank you both so much for joining us. It is always a pleasure. We will check back with you in a few weeks and it's hard to believe we're just a couple months away from this makeover. We're excited to see you in person. I probably just scared you awesome. both. <laughs> nah, I'm not scared. <laughs> there you go. We got Julie on board. There we go. Oh, <laughs> thank you both again. And we'll talk soon. Thank you so much, guys. If you have one or two horses or you have 20, 30 or more fly predators will make the difference between heavy infested fly problem or a no-fly zone. Balding lab fly predators catching these flies before they become an issue.
Well, Kristen, I can say that I'm probably not the most exciting. Like I'm not always going to shows, but I do go to shows because I love volunteering. I love scribing at a dressage show. I learn so, so much. It's always fun to watch different horses come in because you get everything. You get like the really green horses, the really green riders with experienced horses. And then you get the combination of like that perfect combo where they know what they're doing and still things can go crazy. I was just at one where a dog, like this fat senior dog, little bulldog type thing. And he just ran across both dressage arenas trying to hop over the the little guardrails and he his belly hit him each time, but he he was not stopped. And the horses didn't care. The horses oh, like no. stood square at X. And I'm like, that's a good horse. Whoever is who's riding that, good job on you. A nice dog broke horse. Yep. Yes. I actually <laughs> believe it was a thoroughbred, not the track thoroughbred. I remember it right. was. Yeah. So stereotypes, not today. No, scribing is great. Scribing, if you can get in to scribe anywhere at any show. I know some yes. shows anymore, you know, especially rated shows or recognize competition, they hire scribes. So it is mm-hmm. maybe a little tougher to get your foot in the door. But if you get the chance to scribe at a schooling show, do it because you will learn a ton. It's a good one. And it's not even just in dressage. Honestly, there's volunteers needed for every show, whether you're helping to set up and tear down jumps, you're helping to steward people in. Uh, I know Western shows also need assistance all the time. Handing out ribbons, that's a fun one. Honestly, I love doing that one, especially for like the kid classes. They get so excited. <laughs> Um, but I'm a nerd for volunteering at a horse show. And so I wanted to ask our listeners, also nerds at horse shows. And I was very impressed. 62% of you said, absolutely. You love volunteering at horse shows. Appreciate you. The horse community appreciates you. Um, 21% of you said, sometimes if you're asked, no shame. Little, little shame. I'm just kidding. There's no shame. We understand. Uh, 4% said, can't be bothered. I'm going to trust you on that, but I have questions. And then 12% of you said, plead the fifth, and I will let that be what it is. So either way, I encourage all of you to try out once. Also make your kids do it once. It's good for them. It builds character and they're going to learn a lot from judges they support and, you know, hyping up their team members or people they see every day as well. So if you want to be a part of our polls and see the things we're asking you, it's not always a shame question like this. Sometimes it's really fun things. Sometimes it's super random things like me getting pulled into a lake because most of you said yes. Uh, Go ahead and follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Retired Racehorse Radio. Speaking of volunteering, Joy, there is a real big event coming up in October that you may have heard of because we've been talking about it. I think there is one coming up. There is. The Thoroughbred Makeover. Oh, that's right. (laughs) The Thoroughbred Makeover is coming. And because it is a 10 discipline horse show with three to 400 green thoroughbreds running around, we need a lot of volunteer help to get that show running. So if you have been appropriately shamed by Joy's poll and you're starting to think, "Mm, maybe I should try to make a little time to give back to the horse show community, volunteering at the Thoroughbred Makeover, I think it it doesn't even feel like you're working. Like I volunteered the year I competed. They were actually telling me to go back like to my stall and take care of my horse because I volunteered too much. Our um, girl Lee, our girl Lee is the queen 
volunteering at the thoroughbred yes. makeover. I'm just going to say that. Yeah. It's totally doable, <laughs> even if you are competing, but if you're not, and you're curious about the makeover or you want to attend, um, you know, and find some other things to do during your day, because admittedly, there's only so much horse show you can actually watch. Mm-hmm. If you want to find a way to, you know, fill a little time and give back to a great nonprofit and just be part of what has been called the happiest horse show on earth. There's a ton of volunteer shifts mm-hmm. and gigs at the makeover for the entire week. Um, you can pretty much custom pick your schedule. Like if you just want to do something on Thursday morning and then have the rest of the week to be for you, that's totally fine. If you go to the rrp.org slash volunteerism, you can click through to the portal and choose your shift. Uh, we also will take walk-ins at the makeover. So if you're thinking you might want to come attend and you're not sure, just walk up to the volunteer desk and say, hey, I'm here to help. What can I do? We'll find something for you to do. It's a mm-hmm. really, really fun, friendly show. It's a great way to get a front row seat to the action. And if you're thinking you might want to do a makeover someday, volunteering is a really good way to kind of get that behind the scenes look at you know everything that goes on and then you'll be ready to go when it's your turn. Absolutely. And you'll see me and Kristen. So that's the other thing too. Let us know if you're going to be there because we'll have a listener hangout volunteers and all. Yes. Everyone's invited. So Kristen, how can they sign up to be volunteers? Head to the rrp.org slash volunteerism. Even under the best circumstances, travel is stressful for horses. We've all been there stuck on the side of the road in the middle of nowhere you can make the journey knowing that U.S. Rider is there for you. Get peace of mind on the road with U.S. Rider's nationwide 24-7 roadside assistance coverage for both you and your horse. Join today at usrider.org. Well, we're welcoming back one of our favorite people, Winnie Morgan Nemeth from New Vocations. Welcome back to the show, Winnie. Hi, thanks for having me. Oh, it's always a pleasure. We love reaching out with our new vocations peeps and kind of getting some insights on how you help retrain these horses and featuring one of them. So before we get into our adoptable horse, who is super tall, dark, and handsome, I'm really excited to talk about him. We have a training question for you that I think could help anybody with any horse. And it's how do you help the retired racehorse yield their haunches? We know they can be a little sticky in the back end. So what <laughs> tips and tricks do you have for our listeners? Yes. Well, let me start by saying it's a it's a great question because like you mentioned, whether it's uh, retired racehorses, whether it's standard bred or thoroughbred, um, moving the haunches for a, a retired racehorse is something that they are not asked to do. Um, regardless of the breed. So I think with the standard red, it is a little bit different in that they are already learning to take a rider and learn what that means versus being a driving horse. So I would say if you're riding a standard red, you're wanting to learn, you know, teach them to move off your leg and move the haunches or the forehand regardless, that they're going to have to be doing some basic things. And those basic things where they're going to have to know to give to pressure both in the bridle and be moving off of your leg are going to be huge. And those things, um, I think Kristen kind of, we were talking a little bit earlier, um, takes quite a bit of time because that is basically teaching them a new language that they don't know about. However, as we've talked about before, they are very, very quick to learn. And if you're very clear and consistent on what you are asking them to do, be it, you know, when you're bending them that they give their face or you're pressing with their face, you know, let's say to, to the left and you have your left leg pressed in and they move the haunches to the right 
you know, you give, you give back to them and that's their reward. Um, and it's as basic as that is very little steps, but when they do what you're asking them to do, give them a very big reward. And that is usually the quickest way to teach them. But you do want to make sure that they're comfortable one with a rider, they're going forward, they back, they're giving their head left to right. They're learning basic bending things that, you know, when we're starting a, a young horse, like a quarter horse, or even the thoroughbreds, they learn to give where your standard bread might be. You're working with a horse that's 12 years old and race 200 times and train their whole life, uh, pulling a cart and, and a race bike. So they wouldn't even know the first thing if you just got on there and pressed and ripped their head around, they wouldn't understand what that means. So just very basic. I, I try to break it down really easily, but just giving them their reward when they move off of that pressure. I think that's, that's perfect. super helpful. Yeah, it was like super easy to implement, <laughs> yeah. but understanding it takes time for them to get used to it. Yes, yes. Well, and, and that's, yeah, you yeah. have to be so patient. Like I would say that like with my standard bread in particular, he is the biggest exercise and patience I have for those little <laughs> things. Like, because <laughs> yes. he'll just be like, no, I'm not doing that today. And I'm like, oh, Okay baby step, you know, and it's, it's, yeah, it's hard when you want to go run and you can't go run. You got to walk first, you know? Yes. <laughs> so yes. Yeah. Great advice. Yes. And Just a good break it for down. all of us in anything we do. Yeah. Break it down and be patient. Yes. Yes. And reward them that, I mean, they learn the quickest from that I think is huge. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. I think too, just not getting greedy as well. Like that's the thing I find myself getting the most guilty on is Sometimes just getting that one step of success, getting a reward and not asking like, okay, let's go for like three or four or five. Like sometimes just taking it easy. They got one, give them lots of praise. Now ask for two the next time and slowly build up as opposed to just like, I want you to do a full circle on your haunches. That (laughs) might be a lot really quick. (laughs) Oh, exactly. No, for sure. And just um, the consistency also is just huge and always stop on a good note. Wow. I love that. Such good advice. Um, and I would love to love to dive into our new horse because he is so handsome and I love his name, Money. We are going to be talking about <laughs> Irish Prince. He sounds so gallant. I'm like, I want to hear everything about him. So yeah, Irish Prince came to us from a long time, long time supporter of new vocations. I believe his owner sent us horses from the very beginning I know we've placed over probably 150 horses the past 31 years for this man. Um, wow. And he, <laughs> yes, um, Irish Prince is a 2017 pacer uh, by by Royal Majesty, who is a Matt Scooter. Um, he didn't race all that long, uh, 67 starts. He retired in uh, December of 22 because he broke a hind sesamoid and he was rehabbed. Um, back and then we, he came to new vocations about a month ago and he's been sound and happy. He is just a sweet, sweet horse, very kind. He went to his first horse show last week and he was second in the dressage in hand prospect class. And there were 10 horses in that class that he beat. So we were very proud of him and he handled the situation very well and seemed to like to show atmosphere, uh, didn't get riled up about anything. So we see that, you know, although he did have his injury in December, he has been very well taken care of and rehabbed and our vet checked him out and he's been sound and very happy. He's walking and trotting under saddle. He does pace sometimes. So 
Bridget is just kind of letting him do what he wants to do at this point. And um, I, I think he'll be a great horse for trail riding or showing um, just an all around nice horse. And he's not, you know, doesn't have a lot of age on him and he didn't race a whole lot. Oh, he's beautifully uphill. So he definitely mm-hmm. looks like I could see where, you know, the dressage prospect class, they'd be like, absolutely. Joy. Yeah. Yes. Look at your name I know. I'm like looking at him. He's <laughs> super well built. He's like, he's thick, but not too thick. He like has this really nice body to him. He looks athletic and he looks soft. The way he carries his face looks, tells me everything I need to know. He's just kind of like, what's going on? What do you need from me? What do, do I just need to stand here for this photo? <laughs> okay. Like, he looks very, very chill, and that I appreciate. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's how he was at the horse show. He handled everything so well. We were so proud of him. No, he's oh, definitely. Yeah. No, I'm watching his video now. Oh, yeah. He is. He's ready to do some dressage for sure. I know. And he's got a nice, like, I feel like sometimes the hardest thing with retired horses is they don't want to engage their hind end. And mm-hmm. you see yes. he has these really nice moments of brilliance in his video on the website where he actually steps underneath himself really nicely and with the right encouragement and lots of reward, I think he'd really supple up beautifully in the dressage ring. Yes. Um, yes. But I also could see him as a Western dressage horse or even just going to a pleasure class and having a good time. He seems like he's very versatile and he's that perfect height of 16 hands. So not too big, but not too small. Right. Yeah. And he's a great color, like that darker, mm-hmm. darker base, right? Regal looking. I think his name fits him. <laughs> he looks like I a think prince. so too. And you can For tell sure. he'll dapple really nicely in the summer as well. Like he's just a very handsome, handsome standard bread and he's affordable. Everyone, his adoption fee is a thousand dollars. You can have royalty in your barn <laughs> for a thousand dollars. It's practically free, practically free. Well, let's check him out at horseadoption.com. Make sure to get yourself as an approved adopter. Send in your application. They go quick. We say it every single episode, but that's because it's true. They go very quick. But there's always going to be a horse for you between Winnie and Leandra. They will find the right match. Winnie, thank you so much for joining us. It's always a pleasure. Thank you guys so much. You can find our show notes and links to today's guests on the website at horseradionetwork.com. Like us on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for Retired Racehorse Radio. Follow us on Twitter at Horse Radio. You can find me on Instagram at The Horseback Writer and on Twitter at Kristen Kovach. My email is kbentley at the rrp.org. You can find me on Instagram at MissFitMare and my email is joy at horseradionetwork.com. Thank you so much to our sponsors, Kentucky Performance Products and Cashel Company and to our partners, New Vocations Adoption Program and the Retired Racehorse Project. Don't forget to check out all the other shows on Horse Radio Network, part of Equine Network at horseradionetwork.com. Remember to set your goals high and love to learn from every ride. And always add more leg. Bye, guys. Bye.